Hey friends, welcome to the ADHD Boss Podcast. I'm Ellen Argo and my mission is to help you make more money with self-trust and more fun this year in your business with your ADHD brain. If you are looking for ways to empower your brain, scale your business and have more fun, please subscribe to this podcast. Oh my gosh, you guys, I am so grateful for the experiences that I've had this week in the complimentary coaching calls. It has been so transformative, so great, and I'm so grateful for all of the impact that I've been able to help you guys with. So thank you for sharing. Thanks for giving me wind under my wings, and I'm so ready. Let's go. Hello, friends. Welcome to the podcast. Today, we're going to talk about mastering consistency with ADHD. And this is a real struggle as me and my friends and my clients have all experienced over and over. We are always chasing our happy little shiny objects and there's just so many things to be excited about. And I have watched my husband, who I call the streak master, and no, he doesn't just run around streaking naked. He has all of these insanely long, consistent efforts. So he's been like, he's been running a mile every day for the past like five or six years. And he's been doing Duolingo every single day for another five years. He's just amazing. And I watch him and his brain and he could not be more opposite than me, but I'm able to learn so much just by the way that he does things. And I do also have to say, it's so cool to have somebody that has the opposite brain as you. So I don't know if I've shared this with you guys, but my husband and I have this dream of moving to somewhere that speaks Spanish. Mostly because we love dropping ourselves into cultures, experiencing new worlds with our eyes wide open, and architecture, all the things, right? But a lot of it has to do with learning a new language and being fluent. And there's nothing like learning a new language as living somewhere and needing to get around. Another reason for us wanting to move to Barcelona is it's a great big goal that will help me do the thing that I wanted to do. So I wanted to learn a new language. I want to be fluent in Spanish because it's so useful. And I also want to become fluent in French, which is something that I've always had an affinity for. So I have two big goals of moving to Barcelona, being understanding conversational Spanish And also being able to play my Irish fiddle well enough to play in the jams in Ireland, to know enough tunes and to... So I'm looking at this big dream that I have for James and I, and I start stepping back and figuring out what are some small actionable steps? What is something that I want to be able to do and how can I do that in ways that I'm not going to completely exhaust myself and make it so I'm not interested in it anymore. I think something that I've experienced in the past and a lot of my clients experience as well is we are hyper-focusers. We get sucked in to the world that we're in and it's hard for us to take ourselves out. And so we go and we play our fiddle, we play our instrument, And we sit there for like an hour and a half, two hours, three hours, and then we don't go back for a couple of months. Well, when we can decide, hey, I want to learn a tune each day, or simply, I just want to play for 30 minutes. That allows us to connect in with 
whatever our instrument is, maybe it's writing, whatever it is that we decided, hey, this is enough time for me to get into my flow state. And it's also enough time for me to also do other things in that day and make this a total realistic goal with tangible outcomes. So please make sure it's realistic. Don't set your goal to be two hours a day the first time you've done something. If you're going to go move your body in the sun, which is like, hey, I'm going to prioritize myself, my health, my body, setting 20 minutes at the beginning, not two hours, right? So define the actions that you want to take. I really like to go through the pillars of life, evaluating each different area of life on a scale of one to 10. So the first pillar is physical body. If you rated your physical body on your own scale, not putting in comparison, one to 10, 10 being perfect, exactly where you want it to be. And you can keep it there. 10 doesn't mean that you are satisfied and you don't have to keep helping yourself. Eight could be, hey, I'm really close to my goal that I can keep it there, right? A lot of us in our all or nothing thinking think that 10 is finite and we're complete, right? That doesn't have to be the case. One is terrible. We might not, we are far from where we want to be. The next one that's really important is financial pillar. Where are our finances at? From one to 10, 10 being awesome, one being not so awesome. And then look at our emotional pillar. Where are we at in our emotional life? Are we one? Are we 10? Our spiritual pillar, where are we at on there? One to 10. Our relational pillar, where are we at? One to 10. Relational. That could be relationship with yourself, relationship with your mind, relationship with your body, relationship with other people. And what are the thoughts that you think about your friends? What are you the thoughts that you think about other people in relational circumstances? And then the professional pillar. Where are you at from one to 10? Personal growth, one to 10. 10 being awesome, one being not so awesome, and life impact, one to 10. And once you've defined all of those eight pillars of life, I want you to then go and ask yourself, okay, if I rated myself a four on the financial pillar, what would get me to a 10? And write that down. Okay, this is what I want to do. For the physical pillar, if I'm a six, right? These aren't my numbers. I'm just throwing numbers out there. What would I give? What would it take for me to get to a 10? And just go all the way down these and recognize what it would take to get to a 10. And deciding what are your goals in life? What do you want to create? Let's draw a picture. Let's paint a picture and recognize and decide. Because when we have something exciting to go after, something exciting to chase, it's so much easier to help ourselves and create thoughts that support us in the creating and the reaching of an outcome. And when we have excitement, when we have clarity, when we know what we want to achieve, that's when we can understand, hey, for me to really create this experience that I want in my life, 
I know because I think about it all the time. I want to play the Irish fiddle in Ireland. Like that's just a big thing for me. And so I stepped back from that place of understanding what it would take for me to get to a 10. And it was playing fiddle in Ireland. So every single day, a very easy thing for me to do is maybe it's 20 minutes, maybe it's 30 minutes. And then I just have to show myself by showing up the consistency what it's like to achieve those goals. And I'm just going to say, even with the Irish fiddle, because I played since I was little, my when I wasn't practicing at all, it was frustrating. And I felt like my hands and my brain were disconnected from each other. I was messing up. It wasn't so great. And just three or four days because my muscle memory started to come back. And that's the coolest thing. Just 20 minutes, just 30 minutes, whatever you decide can oftentimes connect you back into this thing that brings you so much joy and it's actually fun again. We're no longer pushing up the resi- against resistance of it not being fun because we're not as good at it as we used to be, but it's because we used to be consistent about it. So connecting back in, what do we want and what do we want to spend our time doing? When we can use the kind of eating the elephant one bite at a time, we can establish those habits. And I just feel terrible using that analogy because it just makes me think like, oh, poor elephant. (laughs) So thoughts and feelings that deter consistency are things like, I don't have time for that right now. Is that the best use of my time? I'm not seeing any immediate results. Maybe this just isn't worth it. It's too hard and I don't think I'm cut out for this. I'll never be as good as others, so why bother? Ugh, terrible comparison. I messed up today. I might as well give up entirely. And maybe it's just not the right time for me to pursue this. Each of these sentences in our mind reflects our doubts, our comparison, our comparisons, our impatience, or our tendency to magnify our setbacks. Our common thoughts that we think are exactly what hinder our consistency. When we can recognize and challenge these thoughts, we can change the outcome And we can start maintaining commitment and it can be easy and fun and show us how capable we are at showing up for ourselves. Even if this doesn't impact anybody else in our entire life, I want this to be a reminder for you to remember that you have your own back and when you make a decision and you make a commitment, you do it for you and then potentially other people get to experience the awesome. And if you guys have been listening to me at all, really, you'll know that I want you to use these not as a way to make you feel bad about yourself, make you feel like you're doing something wrong. Like, oh my gosh, Ellen, there's that thought that Ellen was telling me about. And I just want that to be an awareness that if you have any variety of those thoughts that I'm just sharing with you, that it can be your red flag to be like, oh my gosh, I am going to create me not showing up for myself when I think that thought. Thank you, brain. I am aware now that I have that thought and now I get to experience it and ask myself, 
Why did I think that thought? Why did I think that because I messed up that I'm incapable of doing this thing? And you can pause, you can reflect and be like, oh, I thought I wasn't capable just because I needed to sleep in this morning. And I decided that for the best me, I was going to sleep in and I didn't get my workout in or whatever. And we get to understand that. And in that moment, we can then go back and say, okay, well, why did I decide to sleep in? You can go back to the root cause in kindness and compassion for yourself. Learn about your habits when we're not immediately shaming ourselves and shutting ourselves down. That's going to create more inconsistency. It's going to create more anger. It's going to create more distrust for yourself. But when we go back into compassion and we recognize the only reason I'm thinking about this is because I was tired and the only reason I was tired is because I was beating myself up, then we can have compassion for the thing that actually created all of this inconsistency, right? And we can go to that root where and nourish ourselves and nurture our mind in that place so we can sleep and so we can wake up and then we can do this thing. There is so much more going on. And when you just pause and only look at the surface, and immediately shame ourselves, we are not helping ourselves, my friends. We are just continuing something that we have done forever. And I want to make sure that you do not shame yourself once again for this experience and just know it is the muscle that you have been flexing. So let's flex different muscles because these muscles don't feel so good. So some strategies and tools that I've noticed work really well for me are my morning routines. So in my calendar, I make sure I put down all of my morning routines. I have a big giant why as to why I'm doing these things. I'm very, very, very connected into why I decided that this was important for me. In my calendar, I have each event and the amount of time that I've decided that I was going to do it. And a lot of the titles of the event are playing Irish fiddle in Ireland in the jam. It's not practicing fiddle for 30 minutes. The time block is 30 minutes. And then I have transition time afterwards. I use drive time to help me have that visual so I don't over schedule myself, which is really easy to do. And I decide my why is actually the name of the event. And this is a great way for me specifically because I'm so used to using my calendar. I look at my calendar the most every single day. My husband really loves his reminders list. So it would be easy to have a different reminder tab and a list that says morning routines. Or if you're, if you're super good at being consistent later in the day, then you could have a night routine. Find the time that works best for you. I find for me and probably all of my clients, if we can create consistency in the morning, that's when we're unshakable. That's when we can really truly have our own backs and we can just get the ball rolling and be consistent and then establish and figure out the tools that you are used to using. If I've had a lot of clients say, I like a written notebook, but I forget it and I never use it. Well, there's an issue. Nothing has gone wrong, but we either are thinking thoughts that are keeping us from using that modality, or we need to pick something that is always with us all the time that we already have consistency on. And that is why I love 
the calendar, my friends, or any app on our iPhone. But when we start doing apps, picking up all these different apps as timers and all these things that are separate from our phone that we never actually look at, I discourage my clients from doing that. Let's just do something that we already use consistently and use that. So once again, my husband uses reminders and he just has a list of things that he does under a title and then it just pops up as reminders because he's really good at clearing out his reminders on his phone. I, however, have my entire notification thing is completely full because I don't ever look at that. So you just have to go back and see what works for you. And if you're interested, set up a complimentary coaching call and we'll find together what works for you. I'm never going to have you do what everybody else is doing because that's just not how we are. No human brain works the same. So I'm not going to have one human do the exact same thing as the other. What were some of the sticky points or resistance points that you had in the past? Was it that your family was up at certain times and you weren't able to do that, that you had so many other commitments? What was it? And I want you to use those past quote unquote failures that you potentially are using against you. And I want you to use them for you and recognize, go reflect and see, hey, what were some of the obstacles that I have experienced in my past? And how can I use those to help me decide what is the best way for me to navigate in the future? And as we go and we experience maybe a small amount of failure, which by the way, I don't actually believe in failure, but as you guys know, I really like us overcoming this belief of what failure is. So I'm going to keep using failure in the way that I think of failure, which is failure is the best way of learning really quickly. When you fail, you're like, well, that didn't work. Great, good for me to know. Now what can I learn from this experience so that I can continue to learn about myself and support myself and my goals in a way that works for me? So fail forwards, my friends. Look at those sticky points. Look at that resistance that we've experienced in our past and write them down or put them in our schedule. Decide, hey, okay, well, evening workouts, I tried that over and over and over. That never works because something always comes up. Okay, well, I really hate mornings. Let's try afternoons. Well, that never happens. Okay, well, what is the problem with working out in the morning? It's because I can never get to sleep at night. Okay, good to know. What is keeping us from going to sleep at night? Well, my kids always want to have conversations. There's teenagers and they always want to have deep conversations at 10 a.m. Oh, good to know. So maybe it's potentially having a conversation with your teen or whatever. Is that always the case? I know a ton of people that are capable of waking up in the morning, and maybe that's just never going to be a thing for you, but we get to find what works for you and how can you have your own back in whatever realm it is that you have a big passion. If it's something that you are mad at yourself for not doing, there's enough energy there that it's a why, right? Or we get to let it go. If we're mad at ourselves and we look at it and we're like, I actually don't want to do that at all that is completely okay. It's amazing to me how many of us are such high achievers that we hold things against us and we actually don't care about it. So that's like a flip side of the awesomeness that is this experience, is leaning into the things that we want, leaning into maybe the things that we hold against ourselves that we're like, gosh, I wish I was good at this, like guitar. 
and we talk about it all the time. And then when we reflect in on it, we're like, eh, I actually don't care about that. Good to know. Okay. So let's recognize having our own back. When we go and we practice the self-awareness and seeing the goals that we actually want to create for ourselves, and we dive deep into self to self-trust and dependability, when we keep showing up for ourselves, we are going to flex that dependability muscle, that responsibility muscle, that self-trust muscle. And it allows us to shift from the mindset of shame and letting people go, letting people down or our our self down. It's truly just reminding ourselves of our power, of our self-commitment and our assurance of who we are. We get to show ourselves how capable we are of doing something. And when we are thinking how capable we are, oh my gosh, my friends, that feels like self-trust, right? And when we're feeling committed to something, you are always going to think thoughts that are going to support your commitment in creating that thing. When you're not feeling committed and you're feeling resistant, you can experience it through the emotions that you're seeing or that you're feeling, or you can see it in the outcomes that you're having. Oh my gosh, I didn't do the thing that I really wanted to do. I'm obviously experiencing some form of resistance. What are the thoughts that I was thinking about that today? Good to know, right? You have your power back. You can understand where your thoughts are lying through the outcomes that we're having, through the power of self-commitment and self-assurance. And when we feel strong about our self-commitment and we feel self-assured, do you know what's going to happen to the world around us? We're not going to allow other people to not believe that we're responsible, right? We're not going to have that lens of like other people just think I let them down all the time. We're not going to care nearly as much as what the world thinks about us. It is time for us to have our own backs, my friends. And all of this is available with consistency. Showing up in a way that you want to show up for yourself. You've got this, my friends. I'm so grateful for you joining and sharing your journey with us towards mastering consistency, towards mastering our self-trust, towards mastering eventually our self-love for us and our uniquely wonderful brains. I'm so excited to see you in our next podcast. Bye, friends! If you love this podcast, we would love your review or a share with a friend. If you're ready to jump in, create change, and trust your brain this year, let's jump on a complimentary coaching call. You can go to ADHDboss.fun or you can go to ellen.argo on Instagram. There is a link in my bio to book your complimentary one-on-one coaching session. I can't wait to meet you soon. Bye, friends.